Welcome to another edition of Cloud Unfiltered. I'm your host, Mike Chenitz, and this is a special edition of Cloud Unfiltered here in, where are we? Amsterdam. Yeah, <laughs> but KubeCon Europe. All right, and my guest today is Mark from, from Cisco, and he is a fellow colleague of mine. So, Mark, I just wanted to start off by kind of introducing yourself and okay. a little bit about, like, what's your history here? Like, how did you get here? Oh, okay. So, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah. How far do you want me to go back? Like, uh, like, like baby. Like, okay, you started cool. out as a baby, and then, and then what happened? So, okay. <laughs> so, um, well, I can I can start from the age of six because that's the first <laughs> that's the first actual IT project that I remember. So, yes. I had I built uh, an analog clock with my stepfather in nice. Enterprise Basic, and that was the first like IT project uh, of my. That's own. awesome. And uh, it, it it was really interesting, and I wanted to like learn more. Yeah, you know, at the age of six, the uh, children are very um, <laughs> they're looking to to learn more stuff. So yes, I, I wanted to learn more, and uh, and my stepfather actually started to talk to me about stuff like Babbage and the early days of computing, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, I don't know, it, maybe a little bit dry, <laughs> but um, but it gave me a, a good good basic understanding of how things are. Yeah, and. Um, then I actually went to medical school for a year. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not know this about you. Uh, yeah. So I went to medical school and I realized that that, that wasn't for me. Yeah. Uh, and then I um, went to university and then I left university like learning, learning, learning computer science. And I went to uh, work to an agency. Uh, at the same time, I was working on a bunch of open source projects already. I, I'd say open source is what really started my career in IT. Yeah. Because, again, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to learn how things work. And, and open source is just a great opportunity for that. Like, you meet people, you hear other opinions, and you learn from other people. That's 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 huge. Yeah. So, basically, my career in the open source and IT started at the, at the same time. And uh, I worked in a bunch of different open source projects. Um, what are some of the projects you worked on? So I, I, in my early days, I mostly worked on PHP projects. Yeah, yeah, and that makes the, sense. And <laughs> there is, a, <laughs> yeah, and there, there was actually a project called uh, uh, PHP HTTP. It was a standardization effort for HTTP clients in in PHP, and and it actually became a community standard. So it's, it was a great project, uh, and a bunch of other related PHP projects. Yeah. And then I, I started. Uh, Working uh, on Go projects, I started playing with Go. Uh, and I basically switched over to Go and, mm-hmm. and Cloud Native. So I was more like a web engineer, web developer in the early days, and then I moved to operations and, and stuff. Um, and ever since, I'm, I'm going back between engineering and, and operations. Like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> try to try to gain experience mm-hmm. in, in both fields. So yeah, and and basically, when I started working with Go, that was just ride the path into into Cloud Native and, and Kubernetes. So that's how I ended up working for Bonsai Cloud, and then Cisco acquired Bonsai Cloud. So now I'm here. Yeah, yeah. So when when you were at Bonsai Cloud, what were the what were the main you know things that you worked on? So I was I was leading the uh, Kubernetes platform efforts, which yeah. uh, which uh, well a couple, we had a couple of different projects yeah. uh, for Kubernetes. We had our own Kubernetes distribution. Yeah, I remember called Peaky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was fun, um, yeah. and then we had our own Kubernetes platform called Pipeline that allowed customers I love to. That. Yeah, <laughs> I told you that. <laughs> yeah, well, it was it was fun as well. Yeah. Like it was yeah. fun building it, it, and and we learned a lot about Kubernetes building it. So um, yeah. it was it was a great experience that I. Well, when I moved to Cisco, I, I could use that experience a lot. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's funny because like you, 
you know, when I was younger, you know, uh, I think around, I don't know, seven or eight, I probably, I, I got my first computer, it was a Commodore 64. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and that's really what started me is like, I started programming basic, I started programming, you know, I was really interested in, in that I was was interested in electronics kits, too, and things like building electronics. Yeah, I had one of those. as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, so I could definitely relate to, to what you're, what you're, what you were going through. And, um, yeah, just like you, I, I like to understand how things work, mm -hmm. you know, so so I'll, I'll try everything just to understand, like where it fits in. What it does, what its purpose is, yeah, you know, exactly, exactly, and, and try and figure out, you know, how it fits, especially in cloud native. You try and figure out like how does this fit in the ecosystem and what's its purpose because there's so many tools, so many yeah. different options. You know, you try, you try and just learn all that stuff. And I'm interested in learning. You don't have to learn these things, yeah. <laughs> but you know, but but like you, you know, I think it's 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 something that we're passionate about. You know, yeah, and, and it's, it's a hobby it. as well. Yeah, like, absolutely, uh, absolutely. That's, that's a great thing. So when you, <laughs> when you find your hobby, then that's that's your day job as well. That's that's the best thing. Yeah, and and, and you know, even though I don't do full time development anymore, what I like about what I do is that you know I could still use my development skills to create a, either. I don't know, some kind of project that I'll use with one of our projects, like maybe some of the open source um, mm -hmm. security tools. I might create like a little application that, you know, can either plug into that or do something else or, you know, or just showcase something. And, and you know, it's nice to be able to have the, those skills to fall back on yeah. to be able to do a lot of those things and build like bridges if you, if you need to, you know. <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's and it's fun to build those. Yeah, projects. absolutely. I love. Uh, sometimes I get so deep into that that yeah. I just like <laughs> I start building something and I don't even hear anything around me. I'm just like you know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, but like you, I started out in well, I really started out in like Pascal and C, and then uh, went into um, you know uh, some of the web languages, and then then into Python and then Go. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's that's kind of the. The, the traversal I've done now, now all my friends are trying to convince me to go into Rust, and I'm like, okay, well, that's another <laughs> thing I have to learn now, and I really don't have the time to do that. But, And I do think that for, like, cloud-native side, it's still very Go-centric. So, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I we are seeing a lot more projects in the cloud-native uh, space using Rust, yeah. mostly for, I don't know, performance reasons yeah, yeah, or absolutely. for some other reasons. But Go is still the dominant language used in the ecosystem. So if you want to integrate with other projects, or other ecosystems, you still kind of have to use Go. Yeah. Um, Vasm may be the only exception where, yeah. where, where Go is not the dominant yeah. uh, language, or maybe Python in the AI, but <laughs> those, those are the only uh, ecosystems where, where Go is not the dominant language in the, in the modern um, cloud native ecosystem. Yeah, so wh what about um, now that you know, y you've been at Cisco for a little bit, what, what are some of the projects that you're still like maintaining or working on or, or anything like that? So, um, as you may know, Pipeline has been shut down, so it's <laughs> I'm not leading the project anymore, yeah. but I've been recently uh, transitioned to a um, team called Open Source Engineering, yes. or that's the working title for the team. We don't have an official <laughs> name yet. Uh, and our job is basically to, well, help other teams do open source. So I will, I, I assume I will get involved with a lot of our open source projects. But we also have uh, a few open source projects like Bankvaults, logging operator back from the Banzai cloud days that needs maintenance. And they may not be directly related to any of our products, but it, we still want to keep them alive because they have huge communities and there's value in them. Yeah. So I'm, I'm directly Explain what those are, by the way. Explain what the, the for, So bank vaults, yeah, bank, bank <laughs> vaults uh, right now, right now, okay. is, uh, uh, we, we like to call it a Swiss army knife for uh, HashiCorp's vault. Yeah. It's, a, it's an operator for HashiCorp's vault and a bunch of other tools 
that help um, running HashiCorp's vault in Kubernetes, help with downsealing, with configuration. Uh, and one of the most popular components of Bank Vault is a, is a webhook that helps injecting secrets from HashiCorp's vault directly into pods without using Kubernetes secrets. A lot of people have this notion that, that Kubernetes secrets are not secure. There is some truth to that. Um, <laughs> it depends on how you do it, I think. Yeah, it depends <laughs> on how you do it. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually going to have a talk at uh, Open Source Summit NA um, in May. So if uh, you want to learn more about that, then... <laughs> then yeah. But anyway, so it's, uh, it's, it's a good, sol good alternative solution to work sure. secrets. And, and um, we have a lot of adopters. So we have a lot of users, a lot of contributors, actually. So it, it, it seems like that people still need this kind of... Um, they they uh, like this solution. Yeah. So that's bank vaults, and the other project that I'm uh, involved in from the one side days is lo logging operator, which also has a huge community and a lot of adopters. It basically helps configuring Fluentd and Fluentbit on the Kubernetes cluster, so that you, well, first of all, you don't have to because it's not necessarily <laughs> easy, and secondly, it also also helps. Uh, writing different logging flows based on the application you use. Like you may want to have access logs sent to different places from your ingress controllers. You can do that with, uh, with, with the logging operator. You want to send your application logs directly to, I don't know, Elastic, you can do that with the logging operator. Yeah, it's really useful. And I think like even, um, you know, some of the open source projects even implement that as their logging operator. Yeah. Um, so I think it's um, pretty neat to see like that that uh, and it's, it's kind of probably got to be validating for you guys too to say, yeah, absolutely. You know, hey, this is you know, some of the bigger projects are actually using this as the locking logging. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but there's even stuff outside of Cisco that you're working on too. Yeah, so, that's correct. So I, yeah. I do have a bunch of uh, Go libraries uh, that I've been involved in, like uh, Viper. Originally written by, and, and by Steve. Yeah, and, and so you got you have to explain these things. To yeah, sorry. Like they don't, <laughs> yeah, they don't know what these things do. So Viper <laughs> is basically the number one configuration solution for Go projects right now. There are other solutions, but Viper was kind of the first that integrates uh, flags and environment variables and files with a simple interface. So it's easy for people to to um, read configuration from various sources in their in their Go applications. So that's one of the projects I, I'm working on and maintaining. And the other one is DAX, which is an identity federation solution. Uh, again, uh, identity and, and identity management is one of the not-so-easy parts of yes. uh, <laughs> building applications. So DAX tries to make it easier by integrating a bunch of different identity solutions like LDAP and um, SAML, other IDC providers. And, and tries to provide a single OIDC interface. So that's the only interface that applications have to integrate with. That's great because, you know, that, that's the, I honestly, you know, making applications is, you know, once you learn programming is relatively easy. Thinking about all those different types of, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, authorization and, and access and all this kind of stuff, that's the stuff that people really don't like to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm glad that there's some kind of project out there that does that, you know. Yeah. Well, there are lots of different projects sure. that do kind of the same thing. DAX um, is kind of unique in the sense that uh, it may have been the first one uh, in the Kubernetes ecosystem with integrations with Kubernetes. Um, other projects may have similar solutions, but it's kind of a mature project right now. So lots of uh, people and companies use it, uh, not just for their own applications, but integrating them. For example, Argo CD integrated DEX. So yeah, that's, wow. uh, yeah. So, so where did DEX start out from, do you know? Yeah, it started at uh, CoreOS, I believe. Okay. Uh, and then it was 
kind of floating around. So we had some mm. folks uh, maintaining from from Chef, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and then Bonsai Cloud integrated it into Pipeline, actually. Okay. And we contributed a lot of features, and basically we became maintainers. Uh, <laughs> and then and then later, Stephen Augustus came on. I think at the time he was working at VMware, and they wanted to integrate it. And then together, we kind of sent it to CNCF, and, and ever since, it's a CNCF sandbox project. That's, re that's really neat. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always amazed at how these, pro you know, these, these projects come up and then get you know consumed and then people they just kind of have a life of their own so yeah <laughs> you know it's it's always amazing to me and i and i get excited about that i think it's really neat to see you know when someone something really gets adopted and and really i you know it's exciting to see the community around it grow and the, yeah and the exactly. people get passionate about it and yeah you know so that's really cool yeah one of the challenges we have though specifically with dax is that everyone have their one identity provider that they want that they want to use, mm -hmm. and they provide like these small features, but we have like no uh, easy way to test them all, and we don't really have uh, real community owners of those so-called connectors that we have those identity providers. So we are trying to reach out to the community these days, and and ask for help from the community. Okay, is this something that you use? Then maybe try to help with testing or provide some feedback. Um, but it's 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 a it's a challenge. Is there is there uh, because I haven't I haven't used Dex uh, yet? But is there a easy like plug-in infrastructure for creating that kind of? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the things yeah. that we are working on right now, yeah, and yeah. and we've been working on that for a year now, still at the ideation phase. Like, yeah. uh, do we want to use Wasm? <laughs> do we want to use HashiCorp Go plugin? Mm. Uh, we don't know because there are so many different things that we have to support uh, for the different providers. Like yeah. LDAP is different from OIDC-based providers, so yeah, yeah. it's not easy to figure out what the right solution is. Yeah, that's that's always the problem. Yeah. I mean, I think you know you try and keep it as open-ended as you can, but yeah. there's always some kind of limitation, you know, yeah, when, when right. you're doing that. So, right. so what what excites you about being in, in, in open source and and doing these things? So first and foremost, the reason why I started working in open source is to learn from other people. Yeah. And uh, I started in open source at a very early age. Yeah. Uh, I was, I, I had a tendency to think that I'm the smartest guy in the room, <laughs> like all young people do. Yeah. And open source kind of told me that it's absolutely not the case, like <laughs> not even close. Uh, so it's a, it's, it was a really humbling experience. And it's, You're still it's, pretty it's smart thing. though. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I I try to not to be stupid, like yeah, uh, yeah. try to you know <laughs> yep. keep myself educated. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's one of the um, experiences why why it's good to be in open source because you can interact with other people, you can learn from them. Um, also, in open source projects, there is more um, uh, people try to uh, you know keep the project quality better than their. Than the quality of the projects at their day job, like at the day, you know, at the in closed source software, nobody sees that. So yeah, yeah. people sometimes don't really care in open source. That's that's somewhat different. So uh, that's where they go to do their most excellent jobs. So um, and that's a great thing to see. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and also open source is a great place to um, to innovate and work on new ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and get early feedback. So that's that's uh, that's a great thing. You can get early feedback for the project. So those are those are kind of the reasons why I love open source. And and these days, like for me, starting a new project, it's just a default. It's going to be open source because yeah. 
It's just it's just a default. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's great. I mean, I, I think that's uh, you know a lot of people in this community here, especially at the cloud. You know, we're at KubeCon here. Um, there, there's so many people that believe in the same thing. You know, so I think it's it's great to see that. Um, what do you say to people that you know are afraid to get into? You know, because you know there's this kind of thing that that you know you have this imposter syndrome and you're you know if you haven't done these projects before it's like it's a big project you're afraid to get involved because maybe you don't feel like you're you're good enough or you know even though you probably are it's just a matter of you know people have that fear so what do you say to people like that so one of the things i often see that people don't value other types of contributions that much like code is not the only type of contribution you can make documentation these days, at least for the projects that I'm involved with, is much more valuable than, yeah. than actual code. I, like, I can attest to that when I try and read some of these projects and I'm like, how do I even use yeah, this? Yeah, like, <laughs> and, and even feedback. Like, yeah. like maintainers often don't, don't see things the way actually the customers do. So yeah. any kind of feedback that we get from community members is is just invaluable. Like, that's that's the way we can improve things and that's the way we can make the software bowl available to others. So feedback documentation, opening issues, those are all kind of the, the uh, contribution types that, that beginners can actually start with. Like that's that's the easiest way to get involved in open source. And it's not less valuable, not any no, less valuable than code. I, yeah, I agree with you. So 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 definitely if anyone wants to start, then just start reading the documentation, send small PRs fixing even even typos. Like yeah, th- yeah. Those are easy to review at merge, like, and, and there is instant, uh, uh, you know, um, gratification from that. Yeah. So th- get get started that way. The other thing I would say is that it's often for the projects to actually lower the entry barrier, barrier for open source. So projects often fail to do that because the maintainers just know how things work and yeah. they and they don't write a good contribution guide. For example, if you have a specific specific way you have to test your projects they just don't write it down because the maintenance already know it so sometimes the the projects are to blame yeah uh, or or there is always room for improvement and and since there is no enough information available people often get afraid that they are they just don't know how to contribute to this project uh, so that's something that the projects can often improve uh, yeah. and, and make uh, things easier for their community members to contribute. Uh, and generally, I just try to be open and welcoming to everyone sure. who who, uh, who up, uh, opens even issues. Like people often start by apolo- apologizing that for <laughs> making noise. And uh, no, 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 it's, it's great feedback. Um, you are all welcome to, to um, open issues or, or provide any kind of feedback you want to. Yeah, and that's one of the great things about open source is that, you know, I, I know plenty of times, you know, there have been projects I haven't contributed to, but I but I just opened an issue and I've always had really good responses about like, oh, yeah, we didn't find that, you know, yeah. and that's that's really good. I, we, we haven't tested that scenario or something like that. Yeah, where it's like. Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's a great, great thing about open source. You know? Like that, That's what I you love about You can't do that with a regular company. You're like, yeah. Yeah, the company's always like, yeah, whatever, we'll get to it. Yeah. But with open source, it's like, yes, we do care and yeah. we want to we wanna understand what yeah. your scenario was. Absolutely. And, and, you, and you get the different perspectives and you yeah. can always have the opportunity to learn from them. And, yeah. And improve your project yeah. and, and that's that's what the goal uh, for for the maintainers is to in, keep improving their projects and and uh, building other other um, like aspects or, or yeah and I feel like big companies can actually learn from that because you know what the the things that open source communities do naturally is really is really they listen to the customer they, they listen to the feedback they have a good feedback loop because there's there's you know we have ways to interchange and we're constantly innovating. So it's it seems like 
you know, it, it's not rocket science. It's, <laughs> it's like, you know, you just have to figure out, you know, engage, engage the customer, make sure that, or, or whoever's in the, the, you know, if, if you're an open source, you know, engage the people that are, that are using the solution and you'll have a much better product if you, if you listen to people. Now, obviously there's, there's going to be, you know, these, these kind of edge cases that probably aren't part, but you, but that's part of figuring out like, what is your core purpose of being? Once you figure out that, yeah. then find out what actually fits into that. If it's something that's not that far out of the realm, it probably makes sense. You know, yeah. <laughs> if it's something that's way out there, it's like, well, that's not really part of what we do. <laughs> yeah. And one thing that, that companies sometimes fail to realize <laughs> is that their customers are part of the community. Like yeah. the customers do use those open source projects. <laughs> And and uh, they could absolutely benefit from kind of learning from how open source works. Yeah. Because the same kind of feedback loop, the same kind of uh, uh, you know channels, could greatly improve the product development as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. The same way it does for <laughs> the same way they do for open source. Yeah. No, I, t I could not agree more with that. You know, I, and it's funny because I think I mentioned this before, but like I had um, uh, Sh Shannon Williams and Darren Shepard from from Rancher on yesterday. And um, they were like, you know what? Listen to the people that don't like your product and chose somebody else. Those are the people that really probably have more to say than the yeah. people that are using your yeah. your, your product, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I'd say listen to people who have more than one problem with yeah. your products. Like if, if anyone has like one issue, it's probably um, just a reason not to use it. Yeah. Sometimes that's the case. Uh, people often try to find just one thing that they don't like. Yeah. And that, then you can argue that it's, it's not a great project, but when people have like multiple reasons that, uh, then they've really use, done the work. Yeah. They've done the work and they have experience with it. Like, this is why I often like try to joke that don't trust people who just say nice things about the tech. The tech. Yeah. Yeah. Trust the people who have <laughs> who <are laughs> reasons, reasons yeah, yeah. who have reasons against the tech. Yeah, no, I, I agree too. I mean, I think there's there's a certain amount of people that probably, you know, use the product a little bit and are like, oh, yeah, this is cool, whatever, you know. And then there's some that really, really get deep, do some deep integrations, you know, really are using a lot of the features. And those are the people that, that will really, really come out and, and yeah. because they have to, they have a problem to solve right then and there. They're trying to put this into a solution exactly. and they're trying to figure that out. Yeah, I don't want to discard uh, like first no, impressions no, no. though. I, 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 like, I, I like got the first, you. yeah, the first <laughs> feedback is often great as well. Like, yeah, yeah. like the if you want to go through the two minutes getting started guide and it doesn't work for you, it's great feedback as well. Yeah, yeah. But I absolutely agree that, yeah. that 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 the people who have done the work and try to integrate it has like probably more valuable feedback on the long run. Yeah, uh, and there are less less so there are less people who have done the work. So it's uh, um, it's. Um, harder to get that kind of feedback. Yeah, no, so 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 shifting a little bit. I know, I know you're, you know, you're you're working on open source at Cisco which I work for too. You know, what what are some of the the, you know, intricacies of working for for a, a company that's also sells commercial and and has this, you know? Um yeah, I guess one of the things uh, I've seen lately is that people from the product and product marketing side, they they see some of the open source projects yeah. and they are pushing them forward. But there are obviously other projects that sure. we don't uh, market that much. Yeah. But they're still like essential yeah. for the products. We yeah. use them in the products. Yeah. So, uh, and, and it's sometimes uh, like a 
hard to have a conversation about open source when everyone means different thing about open yeah. source. Like it's hard to give, define that. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, so for that. for the product and product marketing <laughs> people, open source means that three projects. Yeah. That we have on the in the booth at the booth and that yeah. the three projects that we talk about. But yeah. but we have ten other Absolutely. that we have to still maintain. Uh, they are essential for the product. And uh, they may be used by the community as well directly. Yeah, like so, yeah. we have to uh, support those as well. So that's sometimes uh, a challenge to, to uh, you know, set the context of the conversation. And, and what do you say to people who say, "Cisco, you do open source," you know? <laughs> and, and and how do you get people to understand that? Yes, we we've evolved a little bit from from the network and from the from the routers and the switches and all that kind of stuff. You know, because obviously we come to these conferences and a lot of times we have a you know surprise, but good surprise. Like people are very interested in what we have, but it's just like that getting that knowledge out there that we actually have something that's that's useful and we actually care about the community you know yeah. is, is is tough yeah it's tough <laughs> and I, i'm gonna be honest i don't have a good good answer to that like whenever people uh i i meet see that i work for cisco uh they they i generally have to explain that i'm not working on networking hardware. Yes. <laughs> i've done that uh, plenty yeah. of times and um so i don't really have a good answer to that we uh, we had just had a theater session yesterday at the cisco booth with uh, jason the tibers yep and and he did a great job explaining what cisco does in the open source space yeah. so um he highlighted some of the projects uh he highlighted some of the challenges that we have processes legal stuff like that uh, but uh, I, honestly, I, I don't have a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> it is a tough one. I mean, and I think it's a tough one for, for a lot of different uh, companies that, that are very well known for one thing or, or, or a few things. And then, you know, trying to shift that mindset to be, be a little bit, you know, a little bit more open is, is very hard. And, you know, I've been through this because I've been in cloud and compute and, and some of the other divisions that, mm -hmm. that are here. But 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 at the end of the day, you know, I, I think that that you know customers and people that consume our open source have to understand that that you know companies evolve. You know, we yeah. we have different things, we have different divisions. We we care we can care about multiple yeah. things. So, yeah. so generally, when I talk to people, uh, bonsai clouds sometimes come up, yeah. and, and then they say, "Oh yeah, bonsai cloud, yeah, yeah. they they work in open source." So so and and then I try to explain that bonsai cloud track. Is kind of integrating into the Cisco ETN right yeah. now, so trying to continue that culture and work on those open source projects, and that's that's an easier way to explain to people that okay, this is this is still Cisco, but it's a different business unit. Yeah. We are doing we are doing the cloud stuff. We are doing a bunch <laughs> of different open source projects. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not easy to explain uh, how Cisco is now. Uh, about getting a bigger player in, in the open source field. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, we have a lot of great people. We have you. We have, you know, we have Stephen Augustus. We have, we have Jason. We have, we have so many new people that that you know are we're, we're really dedicated to this area, and you know, it's it's and it's getting to be more known now, thankfully. But you know, it's uh, it's still something that that yeah. I often, you know, people are surprised. And then, but you know what? We have great conversations about it. We have great conversations that say. You know, here's here's what we have, and you know, here's what we look at. I talked to somebody today that, you know, wasn't a, a competitor of ours, and he's like, I didn't even know you guys did that, you know, and and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we do, and and he's like, I'm gonna check it out sometime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we need, we absolutely need to become better at uh, 
communicating what we are doing, and yeah, that's, yeah. that's uh, I guess that's the key. And I think we are. I think we have the you know we have yeah. we have good teams and we have we have great people, and I think that that we're getting that that conversation conversation yeah. going. I, I hear a lot more talk about open source. Yeah. Uh, yeah. These days than I don't know two yeah. years ago. So. And we're not you know and the, and the and the great part is we're not just doing it for you know just just moving product or something like that we actually do care about the open source and we do care yeah. about community and we care about these things yeah absolutely so so i think that's that's great to see um so what 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 you know you you work on so many things and i and i know that that you know you're you're you have a good pulse just like which is like i'm i'm super interested although i don't get time to work on anything anymore but um what what technologies are interesting you these days like what what is it that that <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit like you. Like I, I, I like playing with everything that I can my hands on. But uh, since I've spent most of my time working on things like DAX and Dankworld yeah. in the last couple of years, obviously I, I, I have some experience in the identity space now. So working yeah. on identity-based solutions, and that's that's one of the projects I'm actually working on in Cisco as well. It's not an open source project, but that's how I got involved in that project. Is that I had some experience with identity. Uh, and no IDC and stuff. So that's, yeah. um, like, I have some experience with it, so it's naturally a good project for me. Like, yeah. I like working on those kinds of projects. I like working on um, Kubernetes-specific projects. Um, yeah. I don't know, about, with secret management solutions. I, I worked with that a lot when I was working with the SRE team with Unity and I. Um, and just anything Kubernetes and go like, yeah, yeah. like um, I work on, I work on and this is why I, I like being in this new open source team now because I have the opportunity to work with a variety of different projects yeah so I, I, I I'd say I like uh, getting my um, I like working on different projects and then we want to work on something else um, yeah. yeah yeah that's how I am too like I, I get really into a project for like you know like I don't know few months or a few yeah. weeks or whatever and then i've learned everything about it and yeah. now i'm like okay well what's next let's learn something you yeah you, you've learned everything about it you've com contributed what you can yeah what's the next thing what's you the next can, thing yeah. yep or something adjacent to it that you find you're like oh this is pretty cool too let's yeah. try this out yeah you know? absolutely absolutely and i think that's 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 what kind of brings us into by the way we're all we're both in emerging tech and i yep. think that's what steered our interest into emerging tech is because it's always sure. about what's new you know yeah. so it's it's always it keeps our interest, our interest going. Like if I had to work on the same thing every day, I think I'd be really bored. You know, that's just not my personality. Yeah. Some people can do that. I cannot do that. Yeah. You know, so so I love the, you know, some people thrive on, you know, we don't have chaos, but thrive on chaos. Like, like that's what I do. <laughs> but, but, you know, that's, some people need like very, a lot of structure. I can, I can just go with, you know, okay, you have this now. We're, we're, we're going to do this project. We're going to do this and, and let's just go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And it's important to have the kind of opportunity. So it's important to work in a place where you have the opportunity to, to do that. And, and ETI is certainly, certainly a place like that. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, and the, and that's the other thing that that I often get too is like, is is there a lot of emerging tech going on? Like, yes, that's 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 what we do. That's <laughs> yeah. that's you know, we we do all that. So so it's good to dispel a lot of the you know, the original stigma of of what Cisco is, and and you know, yeah. and to really really be innovative and stuff. So it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, the other thing I was going to ask too is is um, you know. 
we have a lot of these new projects and you know how do we start to to engage more more people to to commit to to some of these projects how do we how do we get that because you know this is something you've been involved with in in bonsai and and some other things but how do you um how do we start to build the momentum so that we're not you know for some of these projects where they're brand new so you know we want people to contribute but how do we start how do we start the conversation so i guess the easiest way to do that is to share the project early like just you have a POC, just put it out there and ask for feedback. Yeah. And people who have the same problems, who have kind of the same pain that you have uh, and, and try to solve the same problems, we'll just naturally gather around. Obviously, you have to have the right channels, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, CNCF Slack or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So you have to find the right people uh, and find the right channels where you can share your project, but, but generally try to gather feedback. And people will just naturally gravitate towards your your, your project if, if it's something that's useful for the yeah, community. Yeah. And from, from that point, you can just make sure that the project is easy to contribute to, uh, put it on GitHub, um, make sure it's easy to install, stuff like that. So if you can, you, you can get those right early and you can, uh, um, you know, get a few key people to, to provide some feedback to your to your project. Then I guess people will just naturally gravitate towards it, and then we'll start using it. They will start uh, contributing back, uh, or or they will just provide some feedback that you can use to improve the project and make it more appealing to other people. Uh, I, I kind of think that it's a natural, <laughs> it's a natural process. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I may say that because I've been involved in a lot of projects. I don't know, but to me, it was always like a natural project and or a natural progress. Yeah. Uh, if your project is interesting enough and you can make it appealing enough for the community, they they, they, they will find it and they will um, start using it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's it's um, it's always scary putting your project out there, you know, yeah. that, that you're passionate about. And, and like, you know, it's something that you've created. It's almost yeah. like a piece of you, you know, and yeah. it's like, okay, I've put all this work into this project. I'm putting it out to the world now and, and let's see how it goes. <laughs> you, you, but, you know, so I I think I rarely remove projects from GitHub. I probably have yeah. like all 10, 15 years of history yep. on GitHub. And I'm pretty sure that half of that code is just just. Crap! Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really proud of those projects anymore. Yeah, but it's still there. It's 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 again. It's um it's a progress. Like yeah. you have to go through different uh, stages of your career. You have to learn Absolutely. new stuff, and you have to learn from your mistakes. And if yeah. you can learn from your mistake, then there is mistakes. There is nothing to be ashamed of. So yeah, it's funny. I have a few projects from like when I was uh, in in IT, and and I'm thinking about one when like AWS first came out. Billing was horrible at the time. Oh like figuring out what the billing was. And so I wrote like this API on, on all that stuff and created like all this, all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, that, and I look back at that now. I'm like, wow, that was really bad. <laughs> that was just really bad. And then I, and then, you know, there was another one that I created too, which was, which converted uh, OpenStack commands into this proprietary. Um, there was this other kind of, um, I'm trying to remember if it was like a, AS400 cloud or something like it. it was like this proprietary AS400 cloud. And I wanted to be able to have a standard way of connecting to it. So I created like this converter that converted like mm -hmm. OpenStack commands into that proprietary API so that I could use standard tools around it, you know? <laughs> but then I look at it now, I'm like, yeah, that was kind of kludgy too. <laughs> but at the time, it may yeah. have made sense. Like, I mean, it worked, but yeah. you know. <laughs> So really interesting, um, you know, the, the other thing that, that uh, even pre-Cisco that, that I remember doing that um, 
Meraki was super interested in is I actually wrote the first Node API for Meraki. So everything, they didn't have a Node API at the time and I, and I wrote that. And then I wrote the Node Red API connector mm -hmm. for that. So I, I thought about it, I'm like, well, if Meraki is supposed to be easy, why not create a Node Red interface that's just as easy to kind of drag those APIs together and create interactions? <laughs> so, so I created the Node Red so that so that you could just kind of drag those things together and create interactions without having to really know how to program. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's like, but but just like you're saying, looking back at these projects, it's it's kind of funny to see the progression. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do have projects that I either made out of I don't know. Spied because I I I, I, I once wrote a linter that uh, <laughs> added a dot at every sentence uh, in comments because people always left out a dot at the end of the sentence and I made a linter that actually broke in CI when they didn't do that and I, I don't know I spent like two days building on it and at the end of the day it's, <laughs> it's not really useful like it's well the funniest going going to something like that the funniest thing I ever created was. Um, DevNet, you know, they always had this, they always had this like, um, DevNet conference every, every year. Mm -hmm. And so well, one time they created this really over engineered s'mores kit that was like in a plastic case. It had like four marshmallows. It had the graham crackers and it looked like a rocket ship. It was just like this big, <laughs> it looked like a rocket ship. So that night I went and I, and, and I think it was on Heroku or something, I created a blog and I really quickly created like an API to uh, API commands to to interface with that would say like, okay, turn stick to so like turn <laughs> and like 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 put stick in fire like you know and I created this whole API that actually worked and would spit out like like information and then created the blog about it and they, they were they were cracking up about it it was just like <laughs> there was no purpose to this whatsoever but I just thought the thing was so other over, fun so over engineered that it needed an API. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I guess it was fun to build. Like, it was so fun to that, build. That, that was, was just purpose. a funny thing, yeah. you know. It was like this. I was like down deep in the depths of Cisco. We've created this, <laughs> you know, created this thing. It's 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 a really funny article, and then it shows the API and how it works and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was equally over engineered for a piece of s'mores, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's, that's okay. That was for fun. Yeah, it was absolutely, and it, and it was a lot of fun, and it was it was a really fun thing to do, and a lot of people laughed. So, <laughs> then I guess it achieved its purpose. It, it absolutely achieved its purpose. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we're we're about wrapping up here. So, you know, we are at KubeCon. So, you know, I know you see a lot of things every day, just as I do. What is it? Is there anything that has interested you about this KubeCon? Is there anything that was unique or, or that you didn't expect? Anything of, of interest? So one thing I didn't expect is the, is the numbers. Like yeah. how, how many people attended to KubeCon this year. Yeah, it's and, amazing. And the fact that I think it was 58% uh, of people are for the first time. That is KubeCon. amazing. And kudos to the CNCF and, and the people that are, you know, um, I, I think that they provide that welcoming uh, interface that that really new newcomers want to come in and, yeah. and really see. So I think that's amazing. And, and KubeCon is an experience. So yeah. I, 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 I'm just amazed to see that so many people, so many new people came to KubeCon and, and, and it's great to see. Like, yeah. 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 Because I always talk about like in this point in my career, I'm, you know, and I think for you too, like we, we've done a lot of stuff in our career, you know, and, you know, and I think that it's great to see a new generation and, and to be able to help and to figure out like, 
okay, well, what are you guys thinking about? And, and, and is there anything, you know, is there, we've been here for a while. Is there something we can help yeah, you with, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. And again, this is, this is kind of the same thing that as a maintainer, yeah. you see your project that as well as, as one way. Yeah. And then there are like thousands of other people who may want to do different things with your project, yeah. so who, who may uh, see things differently. And, and there's always something that you can learn from them. Well, you know what? Thanks so much for chatting with me. I think this is, you know, I always enjoy talking to you no matter what. And, <laughs> and I'm just, I'm glad that other people can hear it too. So, you know. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks.